Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. A week ago, guys, I, I could not speak. We're, you're, you're actually witnessing a miracle in place as my voice continues to recover. And so we're grateful for that. But we're also using wisdom in the middle of this. And so a week ago, we don't plan our messages on Saturday night. We actually plan them early. And so I asked for Joy if she once again would fill in for me. And you don't realize how much this is costing me, guys. And so I... uh, But I ask her to fill in as my voice continues to recover. And although it sounds pretty normal now, it gets stronger day by day. And so we just, I'm I'm going back to full strength. In fact, the enemy is going to be very, very sorry he messed with me. uh, But because not only will I come back stronger, but you get my number one speaker here. And And the one I appreciate. Would you give her a hand clap as she goes? Boy, in the process of all this, I thought, there's a lot of fine print in my marriage contract that I, I don't remember reading here. But I have to tell you this week, and, and it's pretty amazing. If you've been on staff, you probably heard Alan's voice progress over time, and I'm so thankful for the healing power of God. But, and I told him, though, I said, okay, so you're writing the messages, and if you're going to write the messages and I'm going to preach them, I'm going to need some help in the kitchen if you're going to eat. So, like, you know, here's a dish towel. Like, here. And I took him to the grocery store. He's like, I don't do this usually. I'm like, I know, but, you know, you have to help me here. And he has remarkably recovered. I'm like, hey, you know, I'll be waving this. I might get a, a dish towel with his name embroidered on it this week. You're going to see him soon. I'm so thankful for that. So, but, so you have me. And this is his message that he wrote. I'm going to tell the joke first. When I don't tell jokes, but here it is. Are you ready? Oh, gosh. You're going to know this is so not my joke. Um, so there's this man. He's coming from a bar or a pub. It must be in Europe. Because he decided they always went through the cemetery as a shortcut to get home. So he's going through the cemetery after he's leaving here. And he doesn't see that there's this newly dug grave. And he falls into it. And he tries to get out. And he tries to get out. And he figures out, there's no way I'm going to get out. He just, you know, covers himself with his jacket, sits in the corner and says, I'll just wait until the morning. Well, before long, another guy's coming from this bar, pub, He's walking through there. I would never do this. So he's walking through. He falls into the same grave. He doesn't see the man in the corner, the first man. And so he's trying to get out. He's trying to get out. That would be horrible. So scary. So the first guy goes, maybe I'll have a little fun. So he says in his scariest voice, he says, it's no use. You'll never get out of here. But he did. <laughs> Maybe I should tell jokes, right? No. no, no, no. But the point is, what we believe really does matter. 
And what we believe can get us out of the most difficult of situations in life. What we believe can change the whole course of this year. But I notice that even in my own life, I have to honestly go, what do I believe is going to happen this year? What do I believe is going to happen in my life? Now, you may go, if I were to do a survey, may you go, I believe that, I don't know, whatever. I don't even think about it much. Okay, sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. I'll just take whatever comes my way. Maybe that's how you've always handled life. Or you may go, I believe it's going to be a terrible year. I have this fearful foreboding of doom and dread in me. You probably listen to a lot of news. <laughs> or you may go, I, I kind of believed it might be an okay year. I'm looking forward to some good things. But how do we purposely believe that good things can happen in our life, no matter what you're dealing with this year and for all the years following the good things in our life. How do we do that? Well, I love to study after and read after King David in the Psalms. He wrote most of the Psalms, and I love how he expresses his life with God. He expresses his pains, what he's going through, all the difficult things. But another thing he expresses is who God is to him, and it helps him get through life. So let's read this scripture in Psalm 27. I would have lost heart. So we see here that he's going through a hard time. So in other words, I could have lost all my courage with whatever situation he's dealing with. Unless or but, I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I love this. Yes, we will go through difficult times. This year won't be perfect as far as circumstances or things that happen. But in the middle of it, when you feel like you want to lose courage, when you feel like you can't go on any longer, we can make that choice like David and go, I'm going to believe that I see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He doesn't say in heaven. He says in the right here and the right now, I believe God's going to do something good in my life. But David didn't just believe in the goodness of God. He believed that God would be good towards him. If you've read any of his story, you know he wasn't perfect. I mean, I, I'm like, wow, you, could you imagine having all the sins and things you did wrong written in the Bible for everyone to read? David, we see he wasn't perfect, and yet he believed God will be good to me. God's goodness can work in my life no matter what I'm going through, and that keeps my heart strong. And that's a good, strong way how to handle this year and all the years to come. I believe God wants us to just change a course in our life to where we live differently, expecting and believing for the goodness of God such that we see mercies and miracles that are unheard of. Is it possible with whatever we're going through to see God work miraculously? Yes, but we're gonna have to believe he will do it for us. Maybe you believe he'd do it for somebody else, but my prayer is that individually we believe God will be good to me. Even when I don't do it right, he loves me and he cares about me. There's a man named Jeremy Treat, 
And he was reflecting on his life. And he's reflecting back to high school days. And he said, I remember I had this old school coach. He was a screamer. And he motivated us with shame and with fear. And he just had this loud, powerful voice. He says, but I never heard it unless I did something wrong. And when I passed the ball wrong or did something wrong, here he'd come with his red face and foaming at the mouth and just shameful words. He said, I can't tell you how many times I just wiped the spit off the side of my face. He said, I never knew this man outside of basketball. All I knew was that he was an angry man. And he said, he went on further to say, Jeremy said, I wonder if that's not the view that many of us have of God, of a grumpy old man who doesn't notice us unless we do something wrong. And then with shame and fear and guilt, he's like, why don't you do what's right? And that the expression of God towards us is disappointed and angry. Maybe sometimes in the deepest place of our heart, something we wouldn't want to say out loud to anybody else. It's, God just, he's mad at me. He's looking to just find things wrong with me. And so you keep your life distanced from him. But Jeremy says, as I open the Bible and I observe and I explore who God is and what's written about him in the scriptures, What's written about God in the scriptures is God delights in us. God would smile on us. God who's mighty will save us. God will forgive us. God loves us. God will be good to us. He'll rejoice over us. And if we really believe that God is good, and he will be good to us and rejoice over our life, then we can believe we'll see the goodness of the Lord no matter what's happening. He is good. And he's good to each of us. That word he delights over us means he cares for us. He has not forsaken us. He has not left us alone as a people. No matter what you're going through right now, He longs to help you. His face is turned towards you. Now, there's two men in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that believed differently from everybody else. I love how they believed. And as I've studied and prayed about this message, I thought, I'm going to just do some different things this year to be stronger, like these two men did. And what they did is they believed that God was good and that God would be good to them. That's simple enough. We can do that. And if we do it together, God has amazing things that we've never seen before. But we can believe before we see it, and then we will. But he, these two people that believed in the Bible are going to be found with Moses. Moses was used of God to to call the children of Israel out of Egypt, take them out of an oppressive area. God didn't just want to take them out of Egypt. He wanted to give them a good land. Do you know God doesn't take you out of something without wanting to bring you into something? He wanted to bring them into a good land. Why? Because he's a good God. He knew exactly what he was doing. And he said, Moses, it's time for them to go in. 
Pick 12 rulers and let them go spy out the land. This wasn't a eeny, meeny, miny, mo. These were leaders and rulers. They were not told, you know, can you do this? Don't, don't measure it that way. Just survey the land. Just come back and tell us what you see so we know what we're going into. And this is what happens. And they told him, all these 12, and they said, we went into the land where you sent us, and truly, it flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. It was big fruit. Two people had to carry the grapes. Nevertheless, but oh my goodness, the people who dwell in the land are so strong. The cities are fortified, very large, and on top of that, moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, The Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb, he's one of the two with Joshua. He quiets the people before Moses and he says, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go against this people. They are stronger than us. There's no way. We have 12 people that saw the exact same thing. Ten of them report on face value. This is what I see, and they're measuring it according to what they can do. And they're overwhelmed. They start off with, you know, okay, it's a good land. But do you know who lives in that land? Do you know how big this is? And they go on and on about who dwells in the land. The two that believe, no, we can do this, are like, no, we can do, God told us we could go. It is a great land. They're not talking about the negatives, Joshua and Caleb. They're talking about, and their perspective is, God will help us. If whatever comes in our life this year, we just look at it based on ourselves, we can't. But if we look at it based on God, that God is good and he's with us and he will help us, we can. So let's see a little further into what Joshua and Caleb do. They spoke to the congregation of the children of Israel saying, the land we pass through to spy out, it's a succeedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, that he's going to bring us into this land. He's going to give it to us. It's a land which flows with milk and honey. Only don't rebel against what the Lord says we could have. And don't be afraid of the people. They're bred for us. This is not the problem. Why does he say that? Because their, their protection has departed from them. The Lord is with us. We're the protected ones. We don't have to be afraid. It's just amazing here what happens, the different perspectives, the different beliefs. Why do you say their beliefs? Because nothing happened when they went into the land. They all saw the same thing. There was no fighting. There was no battle. One believed. Ten believed we can't. Two believed we can. If you side in with God, you may be in the minority sometimes. All the nation of Israel sided in with a negative report with the majority. Be careful of group think. The majority isn't always right, especially if it has a negative flow. It's so easy to go negative. God is like, I'll help you. 
I'll be with you. And that's what Joshua and Caleb believed. God's with us. He'll help us. He loves us. He cares about us. His face is turned towards us, which makes us stronger. So just think about it for a second, whatever you're dealing with. Do you believe it's stronger than you? Do you believe it's stronger than God? Do you believe God is with you? Do you believe he'll help you? Do you believe he loves you and can bring you through? No matter. That means amen, you do, that's good. No matter what happens in life, we can be like David. Notice his sentence. I'm going through a hard time. My heart would have melted and lost all the courage like a wax would melt. I have no form in me unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. And I believe that when I don't see it, I will see it. I believe God's good and I believe he'll be good to me. The 10 spies, they were so impacted by their senses and what they saw. They said, okay, it's a good land. I'll admit to that. But do you know how bad it is? Do you know how big the people is? are? Do you know how how nobody's gotten through this? We can't do it at all. What's the last word in your life? Is it what God says or is it what the situation says? If we're going to see the goodness of God, we've got to speak God's word and let his word be the final word. And I love this because we don't deny there's a problem. We don't deny that we hurt in life. We don't deny that there's some pains in life. But we believe God more. We trust him more. We believe he's good and that he'll be good to us. And that's how we live differently. And that's how we see the goodness of the Lord right here, right now. On this earth, in our life, you can have that. So how do we, um, how do we really purposely um, pursue this? How do we get these principles that we see in this story, in Old Testament story, how do we do these things and get these things in our life? First of all, we'll have to believe God and choose to believe him. I didn't realize, I always thought, well, you know, my feelings, I feel certain ways in my life, and so that's what's real. Or can I choose in any situation to believe God? This is the first thing that I know. I'm like, okay, life comes and I'm faced with a choice. It comes and it's big and it speaks to your life. And you have to go, can I or can't I? If I can't, I'm looking at it through my own eyes. If I can, then I am looking through God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't have to live by what I see. I don't have to live by what I feel. I can live by what I believe. We can't 
stop life from happening. It will happen. Things will happen this year, and we'll have a choice as to who and what we're going to believe, and we can make that choice. There's so much freedom in knowing I can believe God as much as I want to, and no one can stop me. No one can stop me from believing God. In the middle of a problem, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the deepest, darkest pain, you can start to say with tears streaming down your face, I trust in the Lord with all my heart. And even if your heart was moved, and even if you felt overwhelmed with fear, I want to encourage you, get up again. You can always get up again. In the New Testament, we see Jesus speaking to a man who got an absolutely tragic report. Tragic report. And sometimes they come to us. Jesus was right there when this report comes. And I want to show you what he says to the man. It's a ruler of the synagogue. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, and it was bad, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Which shows it's a choice. It's a choice we can make beyond our feelings, beyond what we see, beyond the news, beyond what anybody else sees or experiences. I can make a choice to trust God each day in any situation. Sometimes, for me, I just have to say it. I trust in you, Lord. I will not be afraid. I believe in you. I trust in you. Does it make the problem go away? No. But see, that's what David did. He said, I believe. I believe before he saw it. I believe I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord. In the right here, in the right now. I love that we can make that choice. And it's not too hard to do. And I believe we're going to make it this year. See marvelous things. There was a woman named Gladys Allward. She was a little old woman, and she was from Great Britain. She was a missionary in China. And while she was in China there, she noticed someone was selling a child, selling a baby, a sick baby. And it bothered her. And she thought, how could you sell a baby? But I know I would want to take care of this child. Where's the child going to be? She searches her purse and her belongings. She had nine pennies on her. She didn't like the thought of buying a child, but she thought, at least I could help this child and save this child. She bought the child for nine pennies and later on just nicked the child nine pence. That child was the first of a hundred children that Gladys was going to adopt, and she was taking care of them in China. At China, while she lived there, Japan was attacking China and her village, and she was told, you need to flee your work and get to a safe place. She said, I can't flee my work. My work is a hundred orphans, babies, and children. No one offered to help her and get to free China. So she started out with one assistant on foot, taking a hundred children. The older children were carrying the infants and the babies. Can you imagine that? I don't even think they had adequate food. People gave them food along the way. She had to cross mountains, dangerous areas, and something called the Yellow River. She was in great despair. She said, I've never felt so despairing. Probably a heart-melting moment, which we've all had. 
as I did at this time. She said, in one sleepless night when I woke up in the morning, I thought, there is no way I'm going to be able to get these children to safety. No way. And she's crying desperately. And a little 13-year-old girl goes, Miss Gladys, don't you remember the story that we love so much about Moses and how he got the children of Israel across the, the Red Sea? Don't you remember? And she said, oh, child, I do remember, but I'm not Moses. And the child said, I know, Miss Gladys, that you're not Moses, but Jehovah is still God. And Miss Gladys went, you're right. God is still God, and we can trust him. And even if you just said that in the middle of every and any problem this year, God is still God, and I trust him, and I love him, and I believe, I choose to believe that he loves me, that his face is turned towards me. She got all of those children safely to free China with the assistant. It was a miracle. It was a mercy. She said, there's no way it could have happened except for the goodness of God. So see, we have to speak and say, I believe that God's going to do something before we see it. Not allowing our senses to frighten us, cause us to live life with a, a melted heart. But another thing we'll have to do this year is just be real intentional about doing the things that keep our heart strong, our innermost being. We can't live life weak, but we can't live life surrounded by negatives, hearing negatives, speaking negatives. If you do, it's like roots that take in poison. It absolutely will affect you. No matter how strong you are, we are people that are affected by our surroundings and what we take in. You know, you know that, you know, if you listen to a scary story or something, it really does affect you. So Alan's told the story before about how he was in college and he had an old girlfriend that he thought he was going to marry. I, I didn't know him at this time. <laughs> so he said that they were on a date with another couple and they were watching a really scary movie called Halloween. I, I didn't ever watch that. And um, he said everything was fine till the end of the movie. And then they spooked themselves because they said they, they heard all these scary things. And when they went out, it was dark and every sound made a difference to them. And he goes and drops her off at the front of the dorm. He's like, good night, you can go now. Can you believe he did that? He wasn't gonna walk her to the door. <laughs> And she said, you're, you're not going to leave me here. You're going to walk me to the door. And so he walked her to the door. And I don't know, maybe she broke up with him then. I'm not sure. I wasn't there. Maybe he ran to the car and screamed. You know, he tells my stories wrong. So I, I, I just thought I'd, you know, take a creative liberty there. I, I don't know exactly what happened. But I do know he got scared. All of us can get scared if that's our input. But let's look again at what Caleb did. He gives a little insight into what he did here. When I was 40 years old, Moses, a servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him 
as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. Earlier on, Caleb had said, the Lord delights in us. We don't have to be afraid at all. He spoke who God was in the middle of the problem and the situation. Do you know that even when you're feeling and, and, and see things on the outside, if you speak who God is to you, that he's good, you are following him. That's how we follow the Lord. And two, we have to choose to believe that he'll be good to us, that our relationship with him, God personally, will be good to us. In Romans 8, it says this. What are we going to say to these things? If God's for us, who's going to be against us? He who didn't spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how is he not going to with him freely give us all things? How's he not going to give us everything if God is for us? That's another thing that Caleb had said earlier. He said, if God delights in us, he's the one that's going to help us. He cares about us. If God cares for you, it doesn't matter what you don't have. You have the most important one on your side. You can win. You can come over. His face towards you is good. His face towards you is kind and loving. Thomas Jefferson was traveling with his companions, and he came up upon a river that had flooded, and the bridge was ruined and just destroyed. It was a treacherous river, deadly actually, with a strong current. And so everyone on horseback was forced to ford through that river to get to the other side. There was a traveler that wasn't with that company. He was watching them. And when he saw that they were getting over safely, he goes over to Thomas Jefferson and he taps him on the boot. And he says, sir, would you get me to the other side? Would you give me a ride? Without hesitation, Thomas Jefferson said, yes pulls them up on his horse and gets them safely to the other side. When that man gets off of the horse, the companions say, are you crazy? Why would you ask the president of the United States to get you to the other side of the river? Why didn't you ask one of us? The man was shocked. He said, I had no idea that was the president of the United States. I had no idea it was Thomas Jefferson. I just looked at everyone's faces, and on your faces was written no, but on his face was written yes. And I needed a yes face today. In life and all through this year, we need a yes face, and that yes face is God, smiling on us, delighting on us, rejoicing over you. Not only is his face so kind towards you, even when you make mistakes, his hand is stretched out too. And I believe he's like, without hesitation, come on, we're going to get to the other side of this. Amen. We'll see the goodness of the Lord right here, right now, in Jesus' name. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much 
that you were revealing who you are to us, a good God. And I'm so thankful that with you, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And I thank you for your kind face turned towards these. Now, if you're here today and you're like, I've never really made Jesus the Lord of my life, but I'd like to. I think it's time. I'm ready. Or you're like, I've been so far away. You don't know what I've done. But I believe God's motioning to you. Come close. I'll be there for you. Put your hand in your heart in mine. You can trust him. If that's you, raise your hand. I won't embarrass you. You won't have to come down. Just raise your hand between you and God. And we'll just pray together. God's going to help you, heal you, strengthen you. Okay. Let's all pray together. Dear God, I see. I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. As the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. And I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.